0: Hello and welcome to the Crossroads Church Podcast, where we desire to see a world transformed by the good news of Jesus Christ. If you have a story to share about how God is working in your life, you can send a message to info at mycrossroads.co. Now, let's get our hearts and minds ready for a powerful message from God's Word. Good morning, everybody. I know that's a, uh, I said something first service when I saw the, uh, the pictures of uh, Michael's pictures and just saw... Uh, I, was, I was overwhelmed by just seeing the, you know that they had to have the, the face blocked out for the, uh, for the people in the, the country because they would face persecution if they were found out that they were Christians they could even face uh, jail time they could even be be killed and you know it just hit me that we 're so blessed to be in this country and we 're so blessed to be able to, to worship God in, in freedom and come together just as we 're doing and Welcome to those who are watching online right now around the country and around the world. Uh, something you may not realize is there are uh, more Christians dying for the faith right now than at any other time in world history and so as we gather together and, and kudos to you who are gathering together here uh, but also we should remember those around our the, the country brothers and sisters in the faith around the country and around the world or around the world that are, uh, that are persecuted for what they believe in and he said that where he was in, in Asia for several years uh, we couldn't even really uh, keep in contact like we'd like to uh, with him because it was you had to kind of do it clandestine uh, but something he said is the persecution has, has ramped up significantly in the, last, uh, in the last 10 years. And that's what our missionaries face. That's what the, the Christian brothers and sisters around the world uh, face. You know, we've been in a, a series called Occupy, and we're in that t- today. And I hope it's been a good series for you. We've been talking about, we, we focused on two different generations. One generation that did not make it in the promised land, even though God wanted them to be in the promised land. And there was another generation that made it into the promised land. And we're going, what's the difference? Why did they not make it? Why? Why did they make it? And a big thing that we saw is 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 these people had more faith in their problems. They had more faith in their, in their obstacles, in their, in their circumstances, than they did in God. They believed in their problems more than they believed in God. And this generation over here, they believed more in God than they did in their obstacles, more than God than they did in their problems. And the big question is for us, which generation are we going to be? Are we going to be a generation that is obsessed with our, our obstacles and the issues, circumstances of our life? Are we going to be a generation as individuals, as a family, and as a church that is obsessed with the promises of God and the goodness of, of God, and that's where our, our focus is. You know, we t- we've taken a look at, at Joshua in the last couple of weeks, and there's one huge word in the book of Joshua, and that's the word inheritance because uh, you'll see that, uh, that word used uh, 60 times at least in, uh, in various forms. Uh, and then you'll also see the word occupier possess, the commandment for them to possess the land at least five or, or, or six times. So in other words, God wants them to know their inheritance, God wants them to occupy their inheritance. And, and to know this, that we have a greater inheritance than they did as followers of Jesus Christ. We have an even greater inheritance, and this is what it says in the, in the book of uh, Ephesians. It says, I pray also that the eyes of your heart know that this is god 's prayer for you today, right now, where you are, in your home, in here, this is god 's prayer for you. I pray also that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which you are called. God wants you to know that hope. And the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints and his incomparably great power for us who believe. Isn't that great? You have an inheritance and you have incredibly great power available to us. Now, here's the thing. God wants you to know that you have an inheritance. And Satan absolutely does not want you to know that. God wants you to know what that inheritance is. Satan absolutely does not want you to know what the inheritance is. God also wants you to, uh, to know that, not only just know that, but also to walk in that inheritance, to occupy that inheritance, inheritance, to live out that inheritance. God wants that for your life. And again, Satan absolutely does not want that for you in any way, shape, or form. And here's the question that I have. Can you imagine what would happen if every person who's hearing the sound of my voice, the, the few thousand people that are hearing voice today if every single one of us in this room that we determined that we were going to do everything we can to occupy that inheritance that God has to know what it is and to live that out to not just know about it but to live in that can you imagine the difference that would make in this church can you imagine that the difference that would make in your family can you imagine that difference that would make in your life in this community and in this world if even the people that are hearing the sound of my voice right now would occupy that inheritance and here's something, too, is the promised land, I said this the first thing, but the promised land isn't Disneyland. There's a big difference between, this is not going to be easy, because there is going to be resistance, there's going to be a satanic resistance for you occupying that land. There's going to be everything, even in your flesh, that does not want to occupy that, that land. And so, so here's the thing, too, is, you know, the spirituals, I love the old spirituals, and a lot of them would refer to Canaan. Right? I mean, they'd say, you know, talk about Canaan land. But really what that focus was on was, was, was comparing Canaan with heaven. But there's a big, big difference between Canaan and heaven. In, uh, in heaven, we're not going to have any enemies. In Canaan, they faced at least seven enemies, seven different nations that they faced there. In heaven, praise God, we're not going to have, have to fight any more battles. Our fighting days are over. Praise God when we get there. But they in in Canaan they had to fight over sixty battles, uh, at least that we that we know of, that we have record of. You also take a, take a look and in 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 heaven we're not gonna have any problems. We're not gonna fall on our face, we're not gonna blow it any, but still there, they blew it all the time and they made mistakes and they had issues and they had they had circumstances and everything, and, and so Canaan does not equal heaven. And, and something else that I, that I thought of this is, is, too, is remember the first generation over here, they were talking about all the ites. They said, oh, man, the Hivites and the Parasites, and No, they didn't say that. And all the Jebusites and everything, they're in that land. And as if, as if this was a shock to them. But God, two books in the Bible before, said, this is what you're going to face. You're going to face all these ites. But look at the promise that he said. He said, my angel will go ahead of you. This is Exodus 23, 23. My angel will go ahead of you and bring you into the land of the Amorites, the Hittites, the Perizzites, the Canaanites, the Hivites and the Jebusites and I will wipe them out. God made them a promise that they were going to be victorious over that. And I want you to know something. You're going to face some ites as you go into the promised land. As you try to be everything God wants you to be, you're going to face some ites. There are going to be obstacles that that go against you. There's going to be forces that go against you. But God makes the promise that he's going to send his angel before you. He also says that you're going to be victorious over every one of those because of him. And don't miss this. God invites us into the promised land, right? He's given that invitation to the promised land, but he said you do it under one condition and that's you leave the wilderness behind. You can't live in the the promised land and live in the wilderness at the same time. And some of the most miserable people I know on this earth are the ones that are trying to live in both worlds. They're trying to live, they wanna live in the promised land, but really most of them is living in the the wilderness. They're still doing laps in the wilderness in, in their lifestyle, in their habits, in everything, in their mindset, in everything. They're still here, but they wanna be here. And God's saying, we gotta leave the wilderness behind and we need to step in to the promised land that he has for us. Now, the Israelites faced many difficulties. We looked at one of those last week. The very first problem they faced going into the, or right before they went into the land, was, was the Jordan River. The Jordan River was not normally a big thing or a bad thing or a big obstacle, but, but at flood stage, which it was when they were going over, it's over a mile wide. And so to send over 2 million people over, to try to get them over a river that's a mile wide, that is one serious issue. That's one serious problem. But we love it as God filled that for them. As they, as they took that step of faith, as the, as the priest took that very step and said, you know, when you take that step in, God's going to do some amazing things. He did that. And we took a look and we said last week, a lot of times God wants us to take that first step. God wants us to take that initial step of faith, and when we do that, all heaven's gonna open up. When we take that first step of faith, God then shows up and does the miraculous that we can't do when we take the step of what we, what we can do. The second thing that they faced, and this is huge to them, was the city, the mighty city of Jericho. Jericho is one of the oldest cities in the, in the world, and it was a force in those days. And it was impenetrable. Okay, here's what they faced. They faced, there were two walls. There was a wall within a wall in Jericho. And the first wall was, was was six feet thick, okay, six feet thick and, and 40 feet tall. You're talking four stories tall, six feet thick. And as if that wasn't enough, then you've got the next wall. It's 12 feet thick, and it, too, is four stories in the in the sky. And all of these uh, walls are surrounded with, uh, with guards. Now, that may not seem like much to us. We're going... Phew. What's that? Because we know all about, you know, forceful artillery. We know about cruise missiles. We know about, uh, about smart bombs and things like that that could wipe that out in a moment, could, could breach that gap. But there was nothing in those days, nothing whatsoever that could breach that. There's nothing that could go through those walls in those days. And they needed to get on the inside and they had no way in their own power to get to the inside. They were on the outside. And let me ask you this question. What's your Jericho? What's, that, what's in your life that seems to be that impenetrable wall? Maybe it's a, a financial issue right now. Maybe it's an issue going on with your, with, with your job. I talked to one precious person in our church that's facing chemotherapy starting this, this week, and there's, his was a, a, a health issue. Maybe yours is a, a health issue. I don't know what it is, maybe a relational issue, maybe it's something in your marriage, Maybe it's something going on in your family. But what is that Jericho that right now is intimidating to you, just like it was for, for them? Because probably all of us face that in one in one way or the other. Listen to what God said to, to, to him. He said to Joshua, then the Lord said to Joshua, See, I have delivered Jericho in your hands. And you're going, wait, 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 time out. He's using past tense. How can God say he's already done this? And this, if you hear, no, don't hear anything else I say today, this will change your life, okay? This will change our life when we understand that God is living not only in the present, but God is already in our future, and God's already saying, I've already won the victory. There's no, there's, no, there's no battle that he will never win. He's already gonna win every battle. I've, I read the end of the book. He wins, right? He's gonna win every single thing. And here's the thing. He already has given us the victory. He says, thanks be to God, 1 Corinthians 15, 57. Thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Imagine this. He's already in your future and he's already won the victory. All we have to do, in other words, this. This is the big thing. We don't fight from victory or for victory, we fight from victory. And I've said this before. There was a, a situation in that uh, I went to, of the three universities I attended, two of them were Christian universities. And there was one time they were trying to do this, this mixer that some of the guys would get off their tail and start asking some of these beautiful ladies out. And so they they had this competition and the competition was called the whole man competition. And so you got a certain amount of points. The more aerobic points you got, it was body, mind, and spirit. And so the more aerobic points you got, the higher your score was. Then the second thing was they gave you a, a test on the gift of, on the book of Sol, a song of Solomon, it's a book of romance and all that. And so the higher your score was, the more points you, you got. And then the third thing was this relational aspect of it. And what you do is if you were da- if you were dating somebody you were already dating, if you da- date them, you got a certain amount of points. If you dated someone in your sister wing, you got higher, and it went on until you you dated somebody that you had never talked to before. You got the biggest amount of points that you could you could get. Now, just to come up with somebody and just say, hey, will you go out with me that you've never ever talked to before, that's kind of intimidating. It's especially intimidating when the guy two doors down from you had asked 14 ladies out and got shot down 14 times, right? Now, can you imagine that? Will you? No, will you? No, will you? No, 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 no. And so we're like going, oh my gracious. I mean, we're watching him crash and burn all over the place and it did not give us a great incentive to go out and do the same thing. So we're talking to, so I'm talking to one of the, or some of the ladies on our sister wing and I'm like, I think I can win this contest. I really do. I mean, I got some good stuff on these points and everything and if I, but but just to come up and just, hi, will you go out for me, someone I've never talked to before? And and she did this. She goes, one of the girls in our sister week, she goes, goes, "Uh, I, I know exactly what you can do. I know there's somebody you can ask out that you've never talked to before that she'll go out with you. And I said, how do you know that? And she said, she's told me that several times. And said, I'll even do this for you, big guy. I'll even make sure, let her know that you're gonna call, set the whole thing up. All you gotta do is make the call. And so sure enough, she did. And she goes, it's ready to go. You just have to make the call. So I made the call. We went out, had a good time, everything like that. And so here's the thing. But I knew, man, there was a whole different thing Going instead of trying for victory from victory, I already knew the battle had been won. you know what I mean? And the same thing, we can already know that the battle's been won in our life. We, we, we already go, we go from a place of victory, not hoping someday we can get we can have victory. God gave Jericho to Joshua before he even had the, fought the battle. but I had to make the phone call and he did have to fight the battle. But when we take those steps of faith, the victory is, uh, is ours. And, and something else, too, is, is God gave him a strategy. God gave Joshua and the people a strategy for taking on Jericho. Uh, listen, to, listen to this. Oh, first of all, I love this. First of all, he said, here's the promise. I'm gonna be with you wherever you go so you don't have to be afraid. And you've already won the victory. Think of this, I mean, that's amazing, isn't it? That's, you talk about two, two things in your, in your corner that are incredible. No matter what you face, God's gonna be with you and he's already given you the victory. That's pretty cool, right? And here's the strategy, he gives you the strategy, all right, now that you already have the victory, here's what you gotta do. And listen to this, imagine if you were one of the soldiers and hearing this strategy, okay? Especially, uh, yeah, just, just hear this. March around the city once with all the armed men. Do this for six days. Have seven priests carry trumpets of ram's horns in front of the ark. On the seventh day, march around the city seven times with the priests blowing their trumpets. When you hear them sound a long blast on the trumpets, have all the people give a loud shout. Then the wall of the city will collapse and the people will go up, every man straight in. Now, imagine, can you imagine if you were one of the soldiers? You're sharpening your sword. You're getting all the stuff on, everything. Got your helmet on. you ready to go, man. You're, you're psyched, ready. And Joshua comes up and he goes, all right, here's the strategy. What we're going to do, we're going to put the praise band in front. And they're getting praise, if I'm a member of the praise band, I'm going, what did we do, right? What do we do? Why are you mad at us? Why are we having to do this? And so he said, we're going to put the praise band in front, and then we're going to We're going to walk silently around the whole city. And then this, you're not going to believe this, but after we do that, we're going to do that once for for six days, and then on the seventh day, we're going to do it seven times, and then get this, we're going to shout. And can you imagine if you're hearing this, you're going to go, what? This is the strategy that you have. Tell me, please tell us that you've got somebody on the inside. Yep, her name's Rahab, she's a prostitute. (laughs) And and so, wait, let us get this straight. Your entire strategy praise band, shouting, prostitute. That's everything you've got for us right now. And that's, you know, and why do you think he said, don't say anything? You know, why did you think he said, don't say for six days, do not say a word? Because you know and I know what everybody would have been talking about the whole time around, wouldn't they? This is what it would have been. Can't believe we're doing this, man. This is stupid. This is the stupidest thing I ever heard. I like Moses a whole lot better than Joshua. This is crazy stuff, right here. Be doing that the whole time. He said, "Don't even say a word. Don't just shut up. Don't say, don't say a word." But here's the, here's the thing too. What kind of warfare is this? I mean, shouting and 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 trumpets. This is at praise bands. That's the that's the strategy. This is called spiritual warfare, and that's the battle that you and I face too. I want you to hear that. Your main enemy is not. Your boss, or your mother-in-law, or your, you know, or the the your brother or sister, or your parent, or your kids, or your spouse, or anything else that we face the battle is against. the Bible tells us it's again not against flesh and blood, but against spiritual forces of wickedness in this in this world. And so here, and there really is a devil. There really are spiritual forces that are out to destroy you, your family, your marriage, your kids, everything like like that. And, and so here's the thing. We have walls in our life just like they did. They called their walls Jericho. We call our walls strongholds. And listen to what God says about the strongholds. Second Corinthians 10. For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of this world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish. What's the word? Strongholds. Everybody say strongholds. Because here's the, th- here's the thing that we need to understand. Just like they had walls in front of them and they had to go through that stronghold in order to get to the promised land, in order for us to really occupy the land that God has for us, there are some strongholds in our way that we need to break down. And remember, their, their strongholds were walls, right? I mean, they were bricks. Listen to our strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. Our our strongholds involve thoughts, philosophies, mindsets, you know things things like this. And here's the thing: I thought of you know what is a stronghold? First of all, a stronghold is something strong that has a hold of you. It has a hold of an area of your life. It has a hold on something that's going on in your life. It is strong. It has a hold. It's a philosophy against God's. It's a false premise against God's promise. How about that one? And you can write that down. That's pretty good. And, all right, so anyway, here's, here's the thing too. Here's some of the strongholds that maybe we will face. And maybe you can relate to, to one of these. Maybe you can relate to several of these. Maybe you can relate to every single one of these. Maybe these are a stronghold that you faced or are facing right now. Here's one, God could never forgive me. That's the stronghold of guilt and of shame. I can never forgive that person. That's the, forgiveness, that's the stronghold of unforgiveness or resentment. Bad things always seem to happen to me. That's the stronghold of self-pity. I have, I have to be in charge. That's the stronghold of control or of, uh, or of pride. I don't deserve to be loved, and I'll never really be loved the way I hope to or, or, or want to. That's the stronghold of rejection. I'll never recover from what's happened to me in my childhood or in my past. That's the stronghold of defeat. I must be good, or God will reject me. That's the stronghold of performance. Anybody relate? My value comes from the way I look. How about that for what, P, what, what Satan does for a generation of, of, of ladies? That's a stronghold of appearance. My value equals my possessions, or what I do. It's a stronghold of materialism, or again, performance. So how do we demolish these strongholds? We've all got these things. And the first thing is identify what they are. Identify what it is. What's the stronghold in your life? What's that thing that has a hold of, uh, uh, of you? And the second thing is, uh, is this, is to, to remember to put God in the center. Notice what Joshua did. He said, yeah, praise man in front, but you know who? where the center, what's going to be in the center of it all? It's going to be the Ark of the Covenant. That's where God's presence was. In other words, God's going to be the center of everything that we do from this moment on. And I love that because I can't imagine. Can you imagine how many strongholds are destroyed just if we truly put God in the center of those areas of our life? I mean, I wonder how many, how many financial strongholds would be obliterated if we just put God at the center of our finances? I wonder how many strongholds would be obliterated in our marriage if we just put God in the center of our marriage or in the center of our, our family or in the center of our relationships. I wonder how many strongholds would be obliterated if we just put God in the center of our career or in the center of our schooling or anything like that. Or truly, I wonder how many strongholds would be destroyed in our life if we just really put God as the center of our life. Not in theory, not in words, but really, truly, when we wake up every day, He's the center of who we are. He's the center of what we do. He's why we're alive. The third thing is, is that we blow our the ram's horn, which is exactly what they did there. That's how it happened. And come on out, Walter Charles. Uh, they really had two different types of, uh, of horns in those days. They had silver trumpets. Silver trumpets were, try, were the alarm, were to get people together, were to do things. It was the, the alarm that I had the other day on my phone that said there's a, a tornado warning. You know what I'm talking about? That's the silver trumpet. It's something, it's a warning, it's getting people to, together. The second was the chauffeur. Far, which is the, the the ram's horn, and this was for something else. Go ahead and show that. Woo! I was so far, so good, baby. That was cool. so. I, <laughs> so <laughs> But, but here's the thing, you know, what that was done for is to declare victory before the battle ever started. And this got the people absolutely, they're going, you know what? God is going before us. God's won the victory. And it was a reminder that every time that they heard those shofar, it's going, we don't go in our own power. We don't go in our own strength. God goes with us in everything that we, that we do. And there's different ways that we blow the, the, uh, the, our ram's horn. You may not have a, a shofar, but you've got a ram's horn. You have several of them. Let me tell you what a few of them are. The first one, you've got the, the, the ram's horn of, of praise. Now, I want you to know something. God makes this promise. For those who are listening right now online, for every person in here, God makes a promise. If you're a Christian, God goes with you wherever you go. Isn't that cool? I mean, God said that the Bible promises that he said, you know, he says, surely I'll, I'll, you know, I'll never leave you or forsake you. Surely I'm with you always. And that's amazing. But he does another promise when we gather together like you're doing right now. When you brought your kids here and everything, here's the promise that he says this. He says that whenever two or more are gathered in, your, in his name, there he is in the midst of them. So there's something else that God shows up in a different way when we gather together than when we we're just by ourselves in a car or in a field or anything like that. But another thing is this. God says he inhabits the praises of his people. So there's something that happens when we praise God. There's something that happens. God shows up in a different way than He does when we're just by ourselves. Or even God shows up again in a different way than when we're all together worshiping God. He inhabits the praises of His his people. That's pretty cool. When we know that we are praising God, you want God to come into the middle of your situation. You want God to come in the middle of your family. You want God to come in the middle of that. Start praising God. He says He inhabits the praises of His people. The second thing that happens is Satan leaves because if there's one thing Satan hates, he hates when God's name is being lifted up. Man, it is like, it is like light to a cockroach. He wants to get out of there. He hates when God's name is praised. So you want, God, you want Satan to leave your home? You want Satan to leave your situation, to leave that? Start praising God and watch him, watch him flee. He hates them. That's why this is the safest place in the world right now. Because we're gathered in God's name And we're lifting up the name of Jesus Proclaiming the word of God And Satan absolutely hates that the third thing is walls come down. God shows up. Chains break off. It's, so many things happen in the Bible of, of God shows up in an incredible way when his name is being praised. So I don't know about you, but when I realize that God, is, God comes, Satan leaves, and, and doors start breaking open and walls start coming down, that's something that we need to be doing, and we need to understand the ram's horn that we have in, in praise. The second thing is this, is Prayer that we have an incredible weapon in prayer that so many times we don't even use. Here's the situation. When we, when we work, when we warfare, we work and we warfare. When we pray, God works and God warfares. And I don't know about you, but I'd much rather have him doing the warfare and the working than, than me. And here's, the, uh, then God showed me something. He always shows me something in just everyday life, just everyday situation. And here's what he showed me once, that I remember doing, uh, I was doing some dishes or, or I had just finished cooking and I had several, several pots and pans and I'd left to go do something. I came back and oh my goodness, you know exactly what I'm talking about. It was impossible. I could not get that stuff off for anything. And so what I did, I just, you know, again, you know this. I just poured, put water in it and then I came back a couple hours later and now instead of just taking some steel wool And trying to do that All I just took was a sponge And just gone Completely gone And it was like God tapped me in the heart And said that's prayer Remember the time in, 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 in scripture where, where the disciples were trying to cast a demon Out of, uh, out of a man And Jesus said, they said how come we couldn't do that And Jesus said this one comes out only through prayer there's times that strongholds, that you want a stronghold to come down. It's not going to be just from you fighting and doing the best you can and everything and keep doing that. But, man, remember, it's, it's my, my devotion this morning, it's not by might, it's not by power, but it's by God's Spirit, says the, says the Lord. The book is Zephaniah. And then um, and, and the, another thing is, is this, is declare God's, God's truth. The reason these people didn't make it into the promised land is because one thing, they were declaring all the problems. That's all that came out of their mouth. Man, yeah, 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 problem, problem, problem. K, Joshua and Caleb over here, you know why they made it? They were declaring the promises of God. They were declaring how great God was. They were declaring how, what, how God's going to see them, see them through, and that's the difference. We can declare. You know what? You can go in your house. And you can start declaring stuff. You can start declaring stuff in your, you know, the promises of God. You can start declaring that God's with you. If you did nothing else, God's with you and God's already got the victory. That's some good things to be de- declaring right, right there. And the, th- the last thing is this, is let God give you strategies to overcome your strongholds. You know, there wasn't one time that God told those people to do the, th- the thing he did at Jericho, to walk around it uh, uh, again or, or to shout or anything like that. Every time he gave him a strategy, it was completely different from the last time. And know this, that no matter what stronghold you're facing, God has a strategy for you to defeat that stronghold. He's already given you the victory. He's with you as you do it. But now he's gonna give you the strategies in order to do that as, as well. And the strategy is always gonna be different. Every stra- stronghold that you face, he's probably gonna give you a different strategy to, to face that. And in different seasons of life, God gives you different strategies for those seasons of life anybody involved in ministry and things in, in our in our church, we've seen that, that God has given us different strategies for different seasons. What worked yesterday isn't going to work today. What worked 10 years ago isn't going to work today. God gives us fresh strategies for fresh seasons in our life, new strategies for reaching more people for God, new strategies for impacting our world and impacting things. In the same way, God's going to give you new strategies for new seasons, seasons of life and He's going to give you new strategies and unique strategies for the strongholds, for every stronghold that you that you have and and go back to Rahab we looked at her last week the prostitute remember and God saved her because she did this they they said she uh, spared the 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 spies and and hid them and she said all right here I've got a request my life for your life I spared you you spare me when you come in and whoop up on on Jericho and they said absolutely but here's the thing you have to do you have to put a scarlet cord in the window and here's what happened. Because they did that. When the walls came down, Joshua spared Rahab, the prostitute, with her family and all who belonged to her because she hid the men Joshua had sent as spies to Jericho. And she lives among the Israelites this day. A scarlet cord saved her life and it saved her family's life. And we may not put a you know, scarlet cord in our, our window, but something scarlet uh, saved us as well, didn't it? The blood of Jesus Christ saved us, from, uh, and, and we have eternal life because of, because of that. And here's something that um, that I I, I love this too is keep walking. You know the people the 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 people didn't know when when that things were going to happen. They just kept walking. They just obediently walked. And sometimes you don't know when those walls are going to come down. The walls in your life, that Jericho in your life right now, you don't know when it's going to come down. You just keep walking. You just keep walking you just keep walking and praising and praying and and doing your ram's horn and declaring and everything because today, right now, today may be the very day where things come down and don't miss this this is huge when the walls came down the very stones that were keeping the people out now became the stepping stones to get them in isn't that cool? And think of that. So now the things that are keeping you out, that are trying to hold you down, that are trying to defeat you and destroy you are the very things that God is gonna use to give you victory in uh, in those, those areas. That's pretty cool, isn't it? And here's the final thing. Here's the, the, at the very end of the book of Joshua, jo, the, the author looks back and says, all right, this is what's happened. Because the people are obedient, because God is faithful, these are the things that took place. And it's Joshua 21. And let's read this. It says, So the Lord gave Israel all the land he had sworn to give their forefathers, and they took possession of it and settled there. The Lord gave them rest on every side just as he had sworn to with their forefathers. Notice the faithfulness of God in all this. Not one of their enemies withstood them. The Lord handed all their enemies over to them. Not one, and hear this because it's true for your life too. Not one of all the Lord's good promises to the house of Israel failed. Everyone was fulfilled. The Lord gave them the land. The Lord gave them rest. No enemy could stand against them and everything God had promised them came to pass. That's what I want in my life. That's what I want in your life. That's what I want as your pastor. I want every good thing that God has. I want your enemies to be defeated before you. And remember, we're not fighting against flesh and blood. And God, uh, and God to give you uh, uh, the, your inheritance, God, give you rest in the land. And every promise, every good thing that God has for you, I want to see that accomplished. And let's, let's read that same thing together. And instead of when there's a blank in there, go ahead and show that up there. Instead of the, when the blank is there, I want you to put your name, okay? Because that's what we can do. So when there, as we're reading this together, you put your name in there, okay? So let's read it. So the Lord gave Lowell all the land he had sworn to give Lowell. And Lowell took possession of it and settled there. The Lord gave Lowell rest on every side and not one of Lowell's enemies withstood Lowell. The Lord handed Lowell, all in Lowell's enemies, over to Lowell. Not one of all the Lord's good promises to Lowell failed. Every one of them was fulfilled. Amen. Can we just give God thanks for being with us and fulfilling every promise that he has for us? Thank you so much for listening to the Crossroads Church Podcast. If you'd like to listen to past Crossroads Church Podcast, you can go to mycrossroads.co slash podcast. Once again, thanks for listening.